cross, and Dempsey is denied again, and Donovan has scored! Oh, can you believe this? Go, go, USA! Catabel, la vaca, Ama Rodríguez tirando, golazo, taque, 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 gol, gol, vino, 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 gol de Mundial, taque, taque, gol, gol, taque, taque, gol, 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 taque, taque, gol. Oh, Zinedine, oh, Zinedine, pas ça, pas du tout, pas ça, Zinedine. Pas ça, Zinedine. Oh non. Oh non, pas ça. Feliz Navidad and welcome to Bend It Like Beckett. I am your host, Scott Bedgood, here with my Christmas elf, uh, Brian Fleischer. What's up, Brian? How are you doing, Scott? Uh, am I'm I loud? Good. I'm always loud. No, you you're good. You're blow beautiful. your ears out no, with my I, booming I, voice. I turned you down to like the most minimum <laughs> volume so everyone can hear it at a normal rate. We've got exciting uh, things to talk about. It's the holiday edition of the pod. It's a special thing to talk about uh, because the special one has been fired. Uh, he is no longer employed in the Premier League. I'm still a fan. Yeah, you are you and I think any Chelsea fan from, you know, the 2005 or whatever to 2010 will always hold him mm-hmm. especially in your heart, but I don't think anybody else does except no, maybe Inter Milan fans. I just find him entertaining. Maybe and this, I've fans. I've might have said this here before and I know you've heard it and others have heard it. I can't generally can't stand people who are like overly arrogant and cocky and villainous. But, villainous, but at some point they're just so arrogant and cocky and full of themselves that it becomes entertaining to me and so, so yeah. he is that like he's so it's over the top yes Zlatan is see, so entertaining I, I think Zlatan is in on the joke I think he is incredibly arrogant obviously but I think he's now maybe not earlier in his career he's now in on the joke and he plays it up even more and I always wonder about Mourinho, whether he's in on the joke and is like, I'm the villain, let me just do this, or that's really how he sees himself. Like in 20 years, he's going to write his 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 book, his his biography or his autobiography, and it'll say, look, I knew I wasn't the best all that time. I knew it wasn't anything great, but it was just me playing games with the players well, and the media. So there was actually a really, really interesting article in the Irish Times, which basically compared Mourinho to Napoleon. Mm-hmm. And apparently this is not a, a new comparison. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of football managers like to do, say that and they study, you know, it was saying like every football manager um, studies like these great leaders, uh-huh. or not every, but a lot of them, they like these things. But Mourinho is especially similar to Napoleon in that Mourinho was a PE teacher. Like he uh-huh. had very little success playing and he is like a, a genius in certain things, but was never the player, so he doesn't have that automatic cachet. Yeah. Even if you were just an average player, like Jurgen Klopp was, uh, it was a striker that eventually became a center defender. <laughs> so, like, he went for third division minds, I believe. Yeah. Like, he wasn't that good, but he was good enough that, you know, there's that respect there, I yeah. guess. Um, then you have these other guys. Uh, is it Mark Hughes that was like a really mm-hmm. good player and keeps getting jobs even though he's <laughs> a terrible manager? And then you have Mourinho who had no success. And it was saying similar to Napoleon who was not born of noble birth but had like spent his entire life um, trying to prove to everyone how great he was. And it led to his success 
conquering Europe, but it led to his downfall because he kept starting these wars that were unnecessary. He never settled into like, okay, now I'm part of the royalty and I can just sit back I can and just do chill. whatever I want. <laughs> and Mourinho, they were saying, is the same way. He's always picking fights because he feels like he's not respected. Yeah. And uh, it was a really, really interesting thing. And, and Mourinho said similar things in the past where he's talked about Arsene Wenger like, Man, he gets away with whatever he wants because he's had success as a player and a manager, mm -hmm. and he's like this royalty, and he can lose twenty games in a row or whatever it is. Yeah. You know, he can do these things, and, and Mourinho can't uh, slip up once. Yeah, and what started to happen, and what it was saying was, the myth worked perfectly when he was winning at Porto, when he was winning at Chelsea when he won the treble at Inter Milan. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was the special one. He was the genius. I mean, I was look, going down his Wikipedia page. He won so many just ridiculous awards, like Man of the Year yeah. and one of the greatest managers of all time <laughs> and all these things where he could have, like, I don't know, accepted that, but he still had that same complex. And then he goes to Real Madrid, and all those players don't respect him because he was a PE coach from Portugal. Yeah. And that's where it all fell apart mentally for him. I don't know. I mean, you well, can't it, prove it, all of that, it, but it, it, that's, that was the theory being presented, which was really interesting. Is it a complex or is it that drive that has gotten to, that has gotten him to where he is today from PE coach or I think whatever it's both. to manager of the biggest clubs in the world? Three. Three. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think they go hand in hand. It's just like they were saying, just like with Napoleon, he was born on an island. He was not noble birth. He conquers Europe. That's because of his drive and genius. But then that same drive and genius was never able to accept and change. Yeah. And that was his downfall. But like you're saying, look at Michael Jordan. Like Michael Jordan, everything he ever did was like driven by this like these people like proving people wrong. Yeah. And like he would find these weird things to be motivated by. And I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And it worked as a player, and then now he's kind of like this bitter guy. Like <laughs> his Hall of Fame induction speech, you know, remember yeah. years ago, it was real yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't work when you're a normal, when Person. you're the owner of a team, yeah. a rich guy who's supposed to be kind of this benevolent, mm -hmm. rich guy, businessman. It's different. And, and that's, or, or Baker Mayfield is really interesting because that's how he's been so successful. But what's he going to be like when he's not playing football anymore? Then it's just going to be annoying. It's annoying when you're a 45-year-old guy <laughs> yeah. that is like finding motivation from random people on Twitter. Yeah. It's awesome when you're a 23-year-old yeah. professional athlete. Or in Mourinho's case, it's awesome when you go from PE coach to winning uh, everything at Porto and then at Chelsea and then at winning the treble at Inter Milan. It doesn't work when you're Real Madrid coach and your player's not respecting you and you have everything you could ever want at your disposal. Yeah. And you're still doing this, and you're poking Tito Villanova in the eye. I mean, remember, like, what are you? What are you like when you think of Mourinho? What are the incidents you think of? Because I think there's so many, you kind of forget the old ones. He, it, it, I just remember him as the Chelsea manager, um, having uh, always what's the word? Having a go at the opposing fans yeah. walking up and down the sidelines either whether it was shushing the fans or putting his finger over he's always had that uh, i guess you could call it the villainous mm -hmm. he always played the villain um played that up um it's what's made him um so 
it endures him endears him to the to the home fans but drives the other fans crazy so he he had some Jurgen Klopp like celebrations running and sliding and mm-hmm. you know extremely passionate but also again not afraid to calling out his players yeah getting into fights with managers yeah, all over the continent he had several fights with uh, Arsene Wenger uh-huh. <laughs> through the years but it, yeah it's interesting but the second Mourinho leaves a team pretty much he's hated by the same fans that were like yeah you know yeah. he's he's us it's us against them but you know then you have a guy like Klopp who has that same passion but every place he's left Mines Dortmund they love him like you know to an extreme degree, even though he comes back with another team to yeah. play them. But so, so you're like, okay, well, that's great. But then the other argument on the other side, if you're just comparing the two, is Mourinho has had more success. You know, he has the trophies, yeah. he has the. And uh, I saw this, this um, said on Twitter, I think it's interesting, and I'd like to hear what you think. It said, even with all this, <laughs> if the uh, earth had to play one soccer game against aliens <laughs> to save to save us, I still think I'd pick Mourinho to coach that game. You can just park the bus. Yeah, because he can get results. <laughs> okay, just need, he, do we need a draw? He'll put, you know. Yeah, yeah. a draw or a 1-0 win. <laughs> he gets, I mean, he was able to do that everywhere he went. Who else would you? Uh, uh, Pep. Well, yeah, Pep. But see, the thing with Pep is Pep is all about that, his system. Yeah, so It takes a little bit of time. I think Mourinho's one of the one of the guy like few guys that there Greg is. Greg Burhalter. Greg Burhalter. That's my answer. I'm sticking with that one. Man, now Mourinho's available. He could have coached USMNT. No, we we've got our first class Greg Burhalter uh, camp. It's the MLS group, so it's well, fine. I'm just saying, if we'd have waited like three more weeks after waiting a year, we could have had the special one. That'd been great. He is the uh, first manager to spend one billion dollars in transfers. Is he? I think that's always going to be my knock on him. Is like okay, he did great at Porto, but everywhere else he's been, they've just spent an unbelievable amount of money and brought every good player in. And if you don't succeed immediately, then so does he have a little Phil Jackson in him? And that you know, Phil Jackson, the basketball coach, of course, always got, I think, unfairly criticized that he had great players. He, he just had great players. But he see, just... I don't believe that because we're getting into '90s basketball. But <laughs> when he arrived. There, he was arriving at teams that couldn't take it to the next level. The Lakers had, were talented, but then he gets there and they mm-hmm. have the success. The Bulls under Doug Collins, they were good, but they get Jackson, then they win the titles. Mourinho, I think, does have a little bit of that in him, though. You're right, because Inter Milan was a really good team, but they, they were the first team in Italy ever to win the treble when he got there. So... Yeah, I mean, in Real Madrid, they brought him in because they had all the talent in the world, but no other coach was able to uh, turn it into the success. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, th- there's there's a little bit there, I think. Um, the uh, other incidents just of, of controversy, <clears throat> he uh, once called Arsene Wenger a voyeur because he was so obsessed with uh, <laughs> Chelsea. I think some of this is poor, like – not lost in translation. No, no, no. Of. He he meant to <laughs> Did say he really that. Mean he was voyeur? <laughs> yeah. He was saying because Arsene Wenger was so obsessed with Chelsea, okay. he was like leering at them. That okay, so that is another thing that I think is really interesting and fascinating about Mourinho is his um, mastery of languages, which has helped him succeed. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Wikipedia says, obviously he speaks Portuguese, but he speaks Spanish, Italian, French, Catalan, and English. And I've read before that what he does is every country he's in, he speaks to the team in the language of the country. So when he's at Inter Milan, even if he has a majority Brazilian and Spanish-speaking players, he speaks in Italian to the team and then individually to players, like if he's coaching them, speaks in Spanish, Portuguese, whatever. Uh, when he's coaching Chelsea, he's speaking in English to the team, even if the team has mostly... It's a good way to do it. It's really interesting, and I think that's one of the things that's made him very successful and w- where he can replicate that success across countries. Um, you know, I think that there are coaches you know, maybe uh, in England or whatever that could not go to Italy and have that success yeah. because then you're like, okay, two of these players speak English at a good enough level. I have to learn another language yeah. or uh, d- deal with translators all the time or whatever it is. That was, that's a very interesting thing ab- about Mourinho. And uh, <laughs> you mentioned a book like that would be, I would be interested in the Mourinho book, even though as a Liverpool fan, he's always been a villain to me. Like, when I first started watching, he was the Chelsea manager uh-huh. that had brought them all to the success. He and Rafa Benitez were always going at each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then everywhere he's been, he's just been that like villain. I've never had that love for him like you had. Uh, but his whatever book he writes will be very fascinating. <laughs> Because uh, you're you're on the pre-order list, you're a, you're a buyer. I don't know if I want to give him money, but I would like to hear someone tell me about it. <laughs> uh, the uh, the Irish Times article was talking about he quoted the philosopher Hegel uh, the other day, like in a press conference earlier this year, and everyone was like, "What the heck is that? <laughs> like, why? Like?" And it was the, from like a very complicated work of of Hegel's, mm-hmm. and people were like, "How?" How does he know? Yeah. What? Like, this is not a normal thing for anyone, especially a football uh, manager, to be mm-hmm. quoting. Uh, so it will be, it, his book will be interesting. And I feel like he will have no mercy on people he's come across. I know. That's why I'm interested. Like, he's not going to sugarcoat anything. Uh uh-uh. uh. So uh, that's the Mourinho news. Uh, I don't know <clears throat> if it's sad. I think the Premier League will be missing the villain coach, which. You know, Alex Ferguson was always the villain to everybody who wasn't a Manchester United fan, even though he was less antagonistic. Yeah, I mean, he, he had his moments, obviously. Uh, but there needs to be that that guy. I don't think anyone hates Pep. Or no, people he, people probably dislike Klopp, but I don't think for the most part they do. I think Pep kind of has a little bit of that arrogance to him, rightfully so. And, and, and he's very much the anti-Mourinho. But Klopp, I doesn't he Klopp. You know, he takes a lot of heat for how passionate he is. I guess from maybe from from opposing fans. Right? Maybe they get offended, very offended. I I think, I think it's you. Good. I think everyone's grandstanding if they're that offended by it. Exactly. You'd but, love for your own. But I don't. Do I don't see Klopp as like a really arrogant Mourinho type. Yeah, he never talks about like that other. Yeah, I don't. Team. I don't. He seems very respectful of. They tried to get him to to wade into the Pogba Mourinho waters before the last game, and he was like. Yeah, I'm not doing that. Yeah, you, he's like, I know what you're trying to do. <laughs> Pog, he just said Paul Pogba is a world class player, but I will not say anything about Mourinho or Pogba. Yeah, why? Like, why would I do that? Yeah, and even then, that became the story because yeah. he's like, I know you're looking for a headline, and then the headline was Klopp refuses to comment on. Pogba. <laughs> oh my gosh, he can't, um, they can't win. They can't. But yeah, win. we need a new. We need a new villain. In the Premier League, Mark Hughes will be back. Mark Hughes, soon will. Enough. maybe he'll take over Manchester United after Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Um, 
So uh, it is the festive period in the Premier League. So lots festive of fixture season. Fixture season. Lots yes. of games. You were you had an interesting. Stat. Yeah, it was. I believe it. It's all these teams are playing four games in a matter of fourteen days. Um, Meanwhile, other leagues are taking winter breaks. Yeah, no, there's no letting break. Their, letting in the their Premier players league. heal. This is where the league, and I think they're doing away with this, aren't they? Yes, they are. This is where the league is either won or lost. Um, Tottenham and Everton have the most demanding schedule. This is according to a BBC um, uh, article that analysis. they just analysis. Very good article, actually. So they have to play four matches in the space of ten days is what I'm reading here. Um, Liverpool and Manchester City have much more recovery time. Um, Liverpool has to play those four in 14 days, and City has 13 days. And Liverpool has almost 100 hours more recovery time than Spurs. So um, my Chelsea is kind of right in the middle there as in terms of recovery time between the start of the first and the start of the last game. Um so this is a fun time as a fan. It's grueling, I'm sure, yeah. as a player. It's where, you know, especially if you're a big team in the summer, there's all this talk. So I'll use Liverpool as an example, but I'm sure you can think of Chelsea players in the same way. Uh, oh, why didn't Liverpool um, loan out uh, Divock Origi? Why, why don't they sell uh, Daniel Sturridge? Yeah. They're not going to start. They're not going to play. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you're right. In August, September, they're not going to. But when we get to December yes. and uh, Bobby Firmino's played three games in eight days and mm-hmm. he's got a little you know, hamstring thing, you need those guys. And yeah. you need to have a good squad. And Liverpool has not had that in the last few years. And that's where they always – you know, this the season sort of falls apart is this time of year when yeah. they need that second line that's world class or not necessarily world class, but very good. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times it falls from world class to uh, like youth squad player. Yeah. And, and Chelsea has in the past always had like a Loic Remy or someone mm-hmm. who's really good and doesn't play that much. But when you need him in December, he's going to score yep. a goal. Well, they've got they, they broke out the, the the top five teams in the Premier League and the, the caliber of their opponents here. And it looks like so the top five, of course, Liverpool, City, Tottenham, Chelsea, Arsenal. Um, it looks like Liverpool has the toughest schedule here. Oh, really? They play Wolves, who are currently seventh, yeah, Newcastle's 14th, Arsenal, who is fifth and City, who's second. Um, Wait, is City the last game in that fourteen uh, days? So, yes. See, that is going to be yeah, brutal. brutal. I didn't, I, I didn't look at the schedule that way. <laughs> City, um, on the other hand, has it pretty easy. Crystal Palace fifteenth, Leicester twelfth, Southampton seventeenth, and then they play Liverpool, right. of course. Um, Tottenham has Everton, Bournemouth, Wolves, and Cardiff, all kind of middle of the table. Everton's eighth, and Wolves are seventh. The other two are second half of the table. Chelsea has Leicester, Watford, Crystal Palace, and Southampton. Probably the easiest of the schedules. They're not playing anyone in the top 10. Watford is 10th, but they've got Leicester at 12th, Palace at 15, and Southampton at 17. And then Arsenal is Burnley, Brighton, Liverpool, and Fulham. So 18, 13, 1, and 20th. So it looks like Liverpool. Liverpool. And that's where it would be important to, hey, when we play Newcastle, like – we should try to win that game without playing the front three or <laughs> yeah. with, you know, taking a couple of those guys off because we got Arsenal and Manchester City up next. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where you really need those quality bench players. Yeah. And they also looked at the bottom staff, and I won't go through all of them, but it looks like Cardiff has a really tough go of it, as do Southampton. Have to play three other four against top 10 teams. Um, Cardiff has both United and Tottenham. So, um, 
Oh, sorry. Crystal Palace has three of their four are against top ten teams, including City and Chelsea. So um, it's not easy for anyone. The top no. top of the table, the bottom of the table, which again makes it so much fun. I know it's it is fun to be able to go. Hey, I don't really care about Cardiff. Yeah, but uh, man, it's a tie game. They could win this game. Let me mm-hmm. turn this on and watch this because there's intrigue. Yeah. Whereas most leagues, it's like I don't really want to watch the two worst teams in the league. Yeah. But, uh, you know, th- that's always interesting. Uh, the Champions League draw was also announced. It was. Liverpool gets Bayern, which on current form of the teams that Liverpool could have gotten, Bayern is actually one of the best because Bayern is not playing as well as they normally do. Uh, it's better than, you know, obviously getting Barcelona or someone. Uh, Weren't you saying that Liverpool was the one that, that it seems like Liverpool's the team that no one wants to play. Right, and, and, and I, I don't want to say that as like a, I heard that from biased Liverpool news sources. <laughs> uh, Bayern players said, you know, uh, Liverpool's kind of the last team we wanted to get. And then I saw another report from Spain before the thing, and they were like, uh, yeah, we talked to the Barcelona players, and they said we, we don't want Liverpool in the first round. Yeah. Which is, I was saying I don't love, because ever since I've been a Liverpool fan, they've mostly been – the underdog in these larger competitions. That's Obviously, a much better role to play. Right. You mm-hmm. want to surprise Obviously. people. You don't want Bayern with the talent they have going, oh, we should be really up for this. Yeah. You'd rather them say, eh, we, we, we got this. We don't need to you know, go all out. But yeah. I mean, Bayern's Bayern. They have the talent. They are really good. So uh, it, it's not. It's a lot harder when you're not the underdog. The other matchups are, of course... You need them? I got him here. Yeah, you got them. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, sorry. Schalke and City? Yeah, of course, City gets the easiest one, probably. Yeah, I think Schalke, I mean, City goes through there, yeah. obviously. Um, Atletico and Juventus? That's a huge matchup. It that is. will be very interesting. That will be good. Give me Atletico. Atletico is the... is the type of team that, that gets results. You know, Diego Simeone would be one of those guys I would think of in the I need to win one game against the invading yeah, alien maybe. hordes because his teams they <laughs> the, wait, the they invail- always they always tow that line between what uh what you you know is is um acceptable but so wait, they get things done. Let's unpack this a little bit. Not only is Earth being invaded by aliens, they're soccer playing aliens who yeah, have they, challenged yes. the world to a one game this sounds like a really good Michael Bay movie. Right. To a agreed. one game playoff for our lives yes and it will i wonder who would ref it is it ref by a human or by an alien we don't know what kind of rules they play by by the way what's soccer yeah but i mean it's the world's game but it's not necessarily the universe's game (laughs) so what we think of soccer could be like maybe they have eight badminton to them play indoor (laughs) maybe okay this is we're going down that's really weird uh united and psg united's done right it would be very it actually would be very united for them to not be done and, and win that while like tanking in the Premier yeah. League or something. But no, PSG should score a thousand goals. That defense is terrible. This will be a good one. Tottenham and uh Borussia Dortmund. That would be very good. Uh very two exciting teams Pulisic. that play really well. Been, Pulisic, had had some we'll some ties to well, uh, rumored to with Tottenham and Chelsea and Liverpool. And, no, <laughs> everyone's just everyone throwing names in, out yeah, there. Yeah, everywhere and in England. Dortmund has said, no, we will not sell him in January. Lyon and Barcelona? Barcelona. Barcelona should win that. They should. Big. Roma y Porto? 
That's a good one. Roma should win, but Porto did get the most points of any team in the Champions League group stages. So Porto was, I guess, pretty good this season. Ajax and Real Madrid? Yeah, I think we know how that goes. But again, Ajax having a really good season. Real Madrid is not. But mm. talent-wise, that should go Real Madrid every and time. Finally, we already talked about Liverpool and Bayern. Yeah. So Chel- we have, do you want to talk Chelsea Malmo in the uh, round of 32? No, we don't. Okay, we don't that. have to talk about, no. <laughs> about that. Uh, but that was a... <laughs> That, that there's some good matchups for sure for the round of 16. Now, guess what, Brian? Um, what? I actually have some hobby talk. You do? Tops Museum Collection was announced. Yes, it's coming it was. Coming out in April. Looks pretty cool. Have you gotten to take a look at it? I saw some images of it. Museum Collection, we touched on a little bit on the podcast last time, mm-hmm. It uh, or maybe two times ago. Um, it's a, a popular brand in baseball. Mm-hmm. So higher end, I want to say it's about $50 a pack. Right. Um, uh, but very high quality, thick cards. It's um, Champions League themed. So only Champions cool. League stuff. Autographs and, 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 and I'm talking of the baseball, you know, a lot of autographs and patches. And from the images I saw, it looks like they're, they're kind of going with that theme as well. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a lot of, um, there's a lot of variety mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to how the autographs are on the cards or the relics are on the card. Like there's the triple patch yeah. one or there's the they do like the teammates where there's two teammates on a card and two patches. Yeah. Um, there's the museum framed autographs. There's a lot of different ways to sort of get your value for the higher end yeah. uh, box. It comes out in April. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's all Champions League themed. It said, you know, from the... Um, best teams, best players. So I, I'm assuming if a team has been eliminated from the Champions League, they they'll, they'll the, still that be product. There the- yeah, they should be in there because that product is probably at the printer now. Okay. If it's not, so that the the checklist generally, if it's anything like the other sports, that that that's months in advance. If not, you know, sometimes a year in advance on some of it. I now think, the final tweaks, you know, yeah. if they can't get an autograph that they want or they can't get a piece of memorabilia that they thought they were going to have um, access to, that could change. But um, you'll still see guys mm-hmm. in there who have been eliminated maybe in the group stage. Um, so they'll still have cards. Okay, yeah. I think there were a couple pieces in there that they were saying are specifically from the like highest goal scores or something like that yeah. that might be – they sort of waited till yeah. that, but but I wasn't sure if that meant like a, a Dries Mertens or someone from Napoli that's not in it. No, they'll would still make that. No, product. they'll probably still have. I figured some some pieces just because of the 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 printing process and how far out they have to go with that. Mm. But yeah, it looks like a really cool product. Um, as we're talking about Champions League, they got some big signatures in there. Messi, Ronaldo, anybody you would be thinking of for the Champions League? Yeah, maybe we need to talk to somebody from tops about their soccer product they've got Maybe the, they can the, send us the a bo- box and we the bundesliga there. they usually do send us boxes of soccer they're they're very good about but, it uh what about museum collection well i know we can get some museum we'll collection too some museum You're just collection looking for some there. liverpool cards aren't you i mean i think the odds are probably better that you get a really cool the odds are better that you're going to get a liverpool card in that product this year than they are that you'll get a chelsea card yes they're, <laughs> they're- uh, one billion times better <laughs> although they do have um some legends. Okay, or well then so there you go. There you have Didier a, Drogba. You may have a Drogba or John Terry or or Frank uh, Victor Lampard. Victor Moses or something. Okay, yeah, Victor Victor Moses. Yes. Hey, you, uh, Demba Ba. You may see some Demba okay. Ba. We don't need to talk about Demba Ba, right? Um, <laughs> 
Dimba Ba was good for a time. He was. He's probably still in China Took scoring like a thousand goals yep. a season. Yep. Took the ball from Steven Gerrard. Okay. When he slipped right. and fell. We don't need to. There's a really good Chelsea song about that. I won't sing it for you, but there is one. You should look that up on YouTube. No, you should not <laughs> look that up on any machine. Anyway. What a depressing note to end on. That but is wonderful. That is that is all the Christmas the, presents I need. Our gift to you, the listener, is the festive period fixtures, which will uh, be four in 14 days or four in 10 days if you're yes. Everton. Um, and it'll be really exciting. We'll have a lot to talk about. Uh, will you be in next week, Brian? I am not planning on it, but maybe I'll make a special appearance for the pod. Yeah, I'll believe that when I see it. I will. So we might be back next week. Maybe I'll do it by myself, finally. Oh Dream come gosh. true. But I'll be in next week because I'm dedicated been his plan to you, all the along. listener. <laughs> uh, we will uh, talk to you guys either next week or the week after. We'll talk about some the Boxing Day games and all those exciting things. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe you know some hobby news if we have it. I don't know if they'll announce anything between now and then. But if they do, we'll talk about it because that's what we do. We're experts. We are. Uh, So like and subscribe and uh, have a Merry Christmas. I'm Scott. I'm Brian.